Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a lovely podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. This is episode 36. And today we're going to talk about the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. This is a fairly short podcast because there's not a lot to this article, but I will be reading a little bit from their website because it's very interesting as well. So let's go ahead and get started. They were founded in 1887. They are headquartered in Hanover, Maryland. They have locations in the United States and Canada. They have 103,858 members as of 2014. Their general president is James A. Williams Jr. They have affiliations with the AFL-CIO, North America's Building Trade Unions. Their website is iupat.org. So let's go ahead and look at this one. <coughs> Excuse me. It says the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, also known as IUPAT, is a union representing about 100,000 painters, glazers, wall coverers, flooring installers, convention and trade show decorators, glass workers, sign and displays workers, asbestos worker, hazmat technician and drywall finishers in the United States and Canada. Most of its members work in the construction industry. Originally called the Brotherhood of Painters and Decorators of America, the union was first formed in 1887. Right there it gets my attention pretty quick. They call themselves the Brotherhood of such and such. That reminds me of a cult because of the Mason's Lodge because whenever they say a brotherhood, they're probably starting out in a very fascist or communist manner, which we will see a little bit later in the podcast that is very much true. It says here local unions belong to district councils. District councils perform more, most of the services of the union. IUPAT is affiliated with the AFL-CIO in the United States. The Painters was one of three unions, SEIU and AFSCME were the others, to endorse Howard Dean during the 2004 Democratic primaries. In a surprise move in 2008, IUPAT endorsed Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee. The union had endorsed Hillary Clinton in the Democratic primaries and endorsed Barack Obama for president in June 2008. They endorsed Hillary Clinton in the 2016 Democratic presidential primary. So we already know that they are predominantly Democrats, so they're more than likely leaning towards uh, sh- uh, socialist agendas, which they are. So I'm going to their website, which again is iupat.org. I'm going to about us and li- uh, going to about the union, because I'm going to read to you about some of this. It says the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, also known as IUPAT, represents a growing force of over 160,000 active and retired men and women in the United States and Canada. Our members work in the finishing trades as industrial and commercial painters, drywall finishers, wall coverers, glazers, glass workers, floor covering installers, um, sign makers, display workers, convention and show decorators, and in many more exciting occupations. IUPAT members' skills are in high demand at every construction project in North America. The IUPAT membership extends far beyond the workplace, which that concerns me because it should not. They need to focus on their work, not everybody else's. Uh, it's recognized as one of the most active unions in the labor movement that's concerning. IUPAT members help shape their communities in many ways through an uh, through an abiding commitment to service by fighting passionately for workers' rights that benefit all working families. That concerns me right there because that's kind of like how communists think. They like to tell you that they're fighting for everybody, but they're really not. They're really not fighting for everybody. They're just fighting for themselves and they want all the money to go to them because that's what they discovered in the communist party. whenever the wall fell um especially when dealing with the USSR um when the communist regime fell they realized that the the higher ups in the communist party were very rich very wealthy drove mercedes benz had furs all this stuff 
but everybody else besides outside of their little group were peasants and that's why they had such high rates of starvation so it goes and that's in the USSR goes on to say by fighting passionately for workers rights that benefit all working families that's a lie because they really just believe in helping themselves and through effective and aggressive political mobilization what concerns me about that is they say aggressive political mobilization they should not be involved in politics at all that's not right because they interferes with our electoral college and that tells me they're just trying to buy votes and the american people cannot be bought or sold so then a little bit about their history it says our union like many modern labor unions was founded in the 19th century to set standards for uniform compensation in the trades and provide a community for workers to share ideas and solve problems that is very concerning that they want uniform compensation because see here's the thing that's what communists do they say they want to help people they say they want to lift people up out of the pit and bring them out of the shadows and give them a good job but see here's the thing not all labor is equal so let's say for example you have an amazing skill set and your labor is worth more than your fellow employee but yet you're getting paid the same why should you be paid the same as someone who's less knowledgeable than you that doesn't make sense cuz that's what this is talking about and it says provide a community for workers to share ideas and solve problems they may share ideas i'm sure it's more along lines of complaints but they are not solving problems really they really are not labor unions are notorious for complaining and when they don't get their way they throw a hissy fit like a little kid and toys are us and they go on strike that's not solving a problem that's creating a problem it goes on to say the brotherhood of painters and decorators of america was organized formally in 1887 within a year the union boasted a membership of over 7000 tradesmen and more than 100 local uh, excuse me 100 local unions these trade unionists soon realized the power that they had together rather than staying separate and facing their problems alone backed by a growing centralized union these dedicated organizers won victories over oppressive working conditions that were once thought unchangeable you know i think that's very interesting that they blatantly say that they that they are making it seem like oppressive working conditions were thought as unchangeable that's not true did we have oppressive working conditions in the united states yes but it was very rare And what you have to remember that is that during this time we're coming out of the Civil War and we also have the industrial industrial revolution. We also have new industries taking place. And whenever you have new industries there's going to be problems. Whenever you have new inventions. That's just how it is. That that's kind of like trial and error. That's like learning. Learning something new. You're going to learn from mistakes and things like that. Unfortunately, unions like this what they do is they take like the worst of the worst, the worst employer and they make it seem like the way the employer The way that bad employer treats their employees is how every employer treats their employees and that's not true. So all they're really doing is capitalizing on a negative situation to just try and back their organization to get monies and and membership dues. That's not right. Goes on to say today the IUPAT continues to do its part to lift working families and the rest of the middle class by marching to the words of our founders, quote, single-handed we can accomplish nothing. but united there is no power of wrong we may not openly defy here's the thing they they have a a manifesto of victimhood that's what that is it says there is no power of wrong we may not openly defy so basically their their manifesto here they're already defiant from the very beginning of the organization here's the thing they're already crying victimhood because they're saying there is no power of wrong we may not openly defy Well, not everybody is wrong. 
But here's the thing. There are a lot of people in these unions that think that if you don't agree with them, you're wrong and they are going to openly defy you because they're going to fight you because you don't agree with them. Well, that doesn't mean that everybody else is wrong. It just means the union has unrealistic expectations of what should be done and what needs to be done. And that's very typical of these labor unions. And then below it, it has all these really neat black and white photographs. And I love seeing that because you, you see how things change over the years. And there are not very many women that are involved in this union. That kind of concerns me. But you also have to remember that women did not always have the right to vote. They were not always seen as having good labor. You had a lot of women that actually the majority of women back during this time were not paid the same as men, even if they did the same kind of work. But not very many women did extremely laborious work because it would have been very dangerous because they didn't wear pants. They wore they wore skirts. They wore dresses. So you kind of have to take into consideration what the time frame is, how people dressed, what kind of occupations were available depending on your sex, depending on where you live, and depending on what class you were in. If you were upper class, middle class, or lower class. And so then they have a picture from the 1940s. It's kind of neat. They have um a sign that says don't be a sucker. Something something about Truman. I can't read it. And it's talking about voting. I can't read their sign out very well. Then they've got some pictures from the 1950s. That's really neat. Um it has one picture where it shows them making paint. That's really neat to see that. Oh, this is a cool picture from the 1960s and 70s. I recognize those outfits cuz I've seen some painters that still wear those kind of outfits today where it's like the the white shirt, the uh white shirt, white slacks cuz uh, the reason why they typically wore that was because it was easy to clean and it was easy to bleach. That's another thing. Ooh, here we go. In 1967, local 583 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada invited Mrs. Evelyn Peterson, its second female member since the charter had been granted 62 years before. So she's only the second member to be a part of this since um up until this point in 1967. So there were not very many women involved in this stuff and they show a picture from the 1970s. I can definitely tell it's the 1970s. just by the hideous boardroom with all the all the wood and the ugly leather chairs oh and some of the ties that they're wearing that's funny i wish some of those ties would come back because they definitely have a lot of color to them so then it talks about or it shows these pictures from the 70s that's definitely the 70s that's very interesting i'm waiting for it to get to the 80s where are we here okay they're showing some pictures here oh they're showing a guy um Looks like he's spray painting. This is in 1991. It looks like he's painting some type of equipment with a very fancy kind of a, I don't know, kind of machine that sprays paint. It's really cool looking. So that is neat. Then you go into the 2000s, the 2010s. It says, oh, it shows a picture of their headquarters. That's cool. I like that. Okay. That part is really good. Let me see what this other section was. It talks about union leadership, um the IUPAT pension fund, and then they talk a little bit about community outreach. So if you want to take a look at their website, it's a good website. Um but it does kind of concern me that their their slogan it just reads like a manifesto really. But their website is iupat.org. Oh, and it has a section about COVID-19 updates. What does this say? I wonder if they're requiring their members to get the vaccine. 
let's see what it says here. Da, da, da. That's interesting. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like they're talking. They're just kind of giving it a blanket statement. We understand the hardship, blah, blah, blah kind of thing. But anyway, um, I hope that they're getting vaccinated. Um, that would be preferable to try and combat the disease and make sure that we practice um, the, the herd theory where we try and inoculate, uh, vaccinate as many people as possible, regardless of occupation. And um, the only people that should not be vaccinated are those that, um, that literally cannot get it for health reasons. But anyway, that is it for this lovely podcast. It's, it's super short. So the next one is going to be the International Association of Bridge, Structural, Ornamental, and Reinforcing Iron Workers. This one should be interesting. It was founded in 1896. So until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, and that you have a wonderful and safe Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We bought.